2 Corinthians 4, 6, for it is the God, it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And that's what we've been talking about. Why do we have knowledge inside of us, which really that would be a revelation knowledge. Why do we have revelation of God's word inside of us? Why do we, because we've been enlightened. Yeah. You, you start out with knowledge, but then it, it, that enlightened knowledge is revelation. And that gets on the inside of you. And the reason that you understand, the reason that it's revelation is because God's light is shining on that. And Christ living in our spirit inside of you is shining on what words you have in there. Or if you don't have any word, there's nothing to shine on. <laughs> but there's something about the word that you get inside of your heart and it draws that light. And for it is God who commanded that light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the, in the face of Christ. So the knowledge of the glory of God only comes by understanding God's word. Somebody made a statement to me. Actually, it was uh, Miss Lindsay Roberts. I was talking to her on the phone yesterday because I uh, gave her a call. I hadn't talked to her for a while, and we talked a little bit. And she said somebody made a statement to me about uh, having Christ inside and it working outside. And many times we start with the outward getting inside. But you understand, Christ already lives inside of you. And what you have inside will come out. But, but, you know, right, what you get inside of you first comes through the knowledge of whatever will enter in. If you have a knowledge of fixing cars... After a while, you're going to start understanding better. You're going, to, you're going to be enlightened about how to fix a car, right? But there's something about Christ living inside of you that when you've got the knowledge of God's word and you start getting it inside of your spirit, you don't quite understand everything, but there's a light that is in your spirit. And it's the spirit of Christ. And he's shining and he's giving light on that word. And that's why we have to be, in, be accurate in how we speak it. So we can be speaking against our redemption or we can be speaking for our redemption. Now, if we go by our feelings or we go by the things that are going on out there in this world, we're going to be speaking things that are against our redemption. Now, truth... A lot of things are going on. And truth, a lot of people uh, are, are having issues. And let, let's just go on down there. I'll tell you a little bit about that. In verse 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. We are hard-pressed. See, some people want to deny the, the, that they have trials. Yeah. That there's things going on, even right now, unprecedented times, things going on, affecting the dollar, affecting our homes, uh, affecting our schools. You understand? We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. And let's, let's look at that word perplexed. It, it really, uh, it means doubt. Standing in doubt. I look at it this way. We're standing and all of this doubt's coming our way. And we can either let it inside or we can keep it at bay. You understand Christ is already inside of you and he's waiting for his word so that he can enlighten that. But if you get other things on the inside of you, understand that that's not the enlightened word. That's not what the spirit of Christ is enlightening you for. There are natural things that we do in this world and understanding that we have, but there's nothing like God's power that shines 
and his light that shines on the word of God inside of your heart and understanding that you have inside that you are in Christ and you are far above. So what I want to talk about tonight is we're far above. And we could go ahead and read that and say, we are pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. What does that word despair mean? It means to be utterly at lost, to renounce all hope. Now, we feel that way, I'm sure. Yeah, I knew it. My earrings are... You're going to have to help me out, Vanessa, because we're going to... You have to help me out. Take these off. So understand that, not in despair. In other words, we haven't renounced all hope. We're not, we're not a, we are at a place where these things are coming against us. Yeah, you can have that one too. I, I do want them back, though. So, you know, if I see you wearing them next to you. Okay. Thank you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh... So we stand and we're hit with things, but we're not letting it get inside and get us out, down and out. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. So we may even fall on the way, but we're not going to be destroyed because you can't destroy. It's like that beach ball that has air inside of it and you try to press it down but it's just going to bounce back up and if you get God's word inside of you this beach ball is going to bounce right back up you can't keep a Christian down if they know who they are in Christ Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. So there are things that will come against us. There are things uh, in this natural life that will come against us. But if we will get God's word inside of us and counteract that thing by his word and by our, our mouth, words of faith, you know, so there are times... When we've all done it, we've let natural things on the inside. Sometimes we just, because we're tired or, I'm getting a little feedback, guys. Uh, just maybe bring the house down a little bit and just work on the echo just a little bit. Uh, because we're tired in our bodies, because we've got people maybe pulling on us in areas, maybe family, or maybe the, we're not quite doing enough for the boss, or you know what have you. And maybe you, you just want to sleep in today. Maybe you want to sleep in for the next month. Is that going to help? But if we understand that we've got that light shining on the inside of us and God needs something to shine on. We have the spirit of Christ. He needs some word in there. So we, just like we were talking about prosperity, get the scriptures out. And sometimes I've got to stir myself up and, and like, Debbie, if you want to have a better day today, get some scripture in there. And if I will meditate on God's word and get it down in my heart, not yesterday, not last week's word. It's like last week's toothpaste. I mean, yee. Don't want to use that. No. It's hard. You know, anyway, we won't go there. Get the word down inside. So that we can, when we face the day, and we're facing tiredness, and we're facing inflation, and, and, and we're facing our children, you know, spazzing out, or we're fa you know, whatever it is. When we get the word of God, even if it's one scripture, Amen. just get a scripture in there and watch our mouths. Watch what we are saying. Watch what we are agreeing with. Because my friend, it's not just what you say, but it's really you start saying it and you're agreeing with it. Yes. And sometimes I get a little concerned because some people, you're just saying the same thing and the same thing. And, and I don't normally say anything, 
But sometimes, especially, but with my staff, I do. It's like, you want me to agree with you on that? In other words, shut your mouth. There are other people around here and they're listening to you and you're supposed to be an example. So I, you know, and I get it. I I have to watch it. And sometimes I've had to apologize to people. You understand? Amen. Amen. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There are things that will come against you. Let's let's, uh, back up a little bit. And verse 1, verse 1. If we went by our feeling, wouldn't be at church tonight. Still be in bed probably. If we went by our feelings. But how many know sometimes you just got, you got to get yourself by the nap of the neck. Now, you can just keep doing that in the natural. But if you don't pair God's word and getting revelation of his word and then applying that word, that's where the wisdom of God comes. And that's, that's when things will start changing. That's where the energy comes from, really, you could say. Yes, there are supplements that help me with energy level. And it's okay to do. God put us in the natural world, so he expects us to learn about natural things that can help us. And you know, I've, I've, I've beat that horn for a long time. Some people, you know, they're so spiritual, they don't think they need air and water. And, and, and supplements, oh my goodness, why would I need that? I can eat cheeseburgers and french fries all day long. I don't need supplements. I'm good to go. See how that works out for you when you're about 50 years old. Okay. Well, move right along. Oh, don't speak that over me, Pastor. I don't have to. So verse 1, therefore, since we have this ministry, what ministry is talking about? Well, if we backed up, it's talking about the ministry of righteousness. Just take my word for it. I don't, but anyway. And then there's actually, where is that at? Let Let me go back. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. So he's talking about our righteousness in Christ Jesus. Finding out who we are in Christ. And when we find out who we are in Christ and we get God's word along the line of who we are in Christ down inside of us, the ministry of glory will start working for us. And light will start working for us. That's what he's waiting for. He's waiting for the word. The Spirit of Christ wants to shine on the Word in your heart so that you can grow, so that you can be blessed, so that you can speak out your redemptive promises and through your mouth, the authority in Christ, these things will come to pass. Amen? Or we can just keep doing what we've always done, come to church as a social group, Let's check up on what we're saying. Uh, actually, let's back up a little, what we're believing, what we're saying, what we're doing. Let's check up on that. And if you're dealing with things, which like a lot of people are right now, let's get the word along that line in your heart and let Christ shine on it. In other words, bring revelation. And then let's apply it in our lives and that's what will raise us up. Amen. Nothing else. We can have somebody talk to us all day long, but if we don't pair the word with it that has revelation, it's not going to help. We can want to be healed and whole, but if we don't have the word inside of us about our covenant, yeah, and we've all missed it at times. And sometimes, you know, there's changes we need to make and there's consequences and maybe we didn't walk in love and the bridge of our healing was out and you understand. But righteous people are healed no matter what. You know, you may put the wrong oil in your car, but that doesn't change the make of your car. And sometimes, you you know, it's still, if it was a Buick, before you put the oil in it, it's a Buick after it. I'm righteous 
but maybe I'm not walking out my righteousness. I'm putting wrong things in my car, so to speak. That doesn't mean I'm not righteous. God sees me as righteous. I just have to get some light on that righteousness, and that is called the ministry of righteousness. Or there's, you know, a ministry of condemnation. And really, it's the condemnation that keeps us from accessing all the promises of God's word. Because when we, you know, and I've done it, just like yesterday I was talking with, with Miss Lindsay, and I said, I am so sorry that I have not called you for so long. I just want to thank you again for those books. I know the ladies are loving them. And I know I love my book too. I just want to let you know. And she says, oh, you don't have to, you know, feel badly about not calling me. I'm just reveling in that you're calling me now. I'm like, thank you for your graciousness. I appreciate that. But God, when we come to him with all of our baggage, Lord, I'm sorry, I didn't come to you yesterday and this morning and last week and last month. And he's just like, oh, I'm just reveling that you're here now. I'm just glad you decided to come talk to me now. Amen. Amen. So, therefore, since we have this ministry in verse 1 of chapter 4, 2 Corinthians, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. And then we go into the scripture there at verse 6, what we read at the beginning. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ? Now, let's back up there a little bit. We have renounced. What does that mean? It means to declare, to forbid, to give up. To forbid, to give up. So if you miss it, or you come to an understanding that it's like, I've been walking in shame. I, I've been walking in condemnation. I, I've been, I've been, I, I got a chain and ball. Everywhere I go. Father, I need healing in my body. And then you look down at that chain, it's like, well, I'm not worthy enough for it right now, so. When we understand the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God to see, but the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. What does that mean? Commending, and I, I, you know, I'm going to explain what I'm talking about here. Commending means to set together. All right. So you could say commending ourselves or, or standing together, set together, grouped together, ourselves. And what we're doing is, it says to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Really, what we're doing is seeing if we're walking in our righteousness. Because your conscience will, you know, there's a conviction of the Spirit of God, which he will show you whether or not you're not walking in his word, but he's not condemning you. He's convicting you. And, and really, basically, conviction is, hey, if you don't get this right, it's going to shut some doors in your face. It, it, it's, it's, it's a warning that if you don't get this right, then the word of God's not going to be able to work for you. It's just like if you go up to that bank teller and you I need to get some money out. If you don't give them that withdrawal slip, you're not going to be able to get it out. And, and you know, shame will keep you out 
of the things of God. In other words, shame doesn't fill out the withdrawal. Shame just goes on by. And sometimes it's, it will hope. I mean, what do you do if, if, you're, if you get down on your knees and say, please give me my money? It's hot in here, Matt. Please give me my money. Please. Is that going to help you? No. Fill out the withdrawal slip. Use your faith. Tell the devil to shut up. Okay, so I missed it this morning. Lord, I'm sorry. By your blood, I just received complete forgiveness for that. Tell your mind to shut up. Well, you're just going to do that tomorrow again. You're just going to shut up. No, what I'm going to do is confess who I am in Christ, and God will help me actually overcome that thing. You are an overcomer already. You just got to find out. You just got to find that out by getting the word inside of you and being enlightened and then saying that as you understand it. Really, revelation and understanding are the same thing. You got knowledge, and then it becomes understanding, and then wisdom. See, wisdom is applied understanding. Knowledge becomes understanding, or you could say revelation. You could say faith's understanding of the heart. All right? So let's, uh, let's go back there. So we have got to renounce the hidden things of shame first. We've got to understand that that's what's keeping us out many times. Because all he says to do is come to me and ask. All he says to do is just line up with the word of, of God and start saying what you believe in your heart, what you've been enlightened about, and it will come to pass. We don't have to do tricks for God. We don't have to, uh, you know, get up in the morning and if I clean my house for five hours today, then God's going to take a liking to me. I mean, if you clean your house, you're going to be blessed, I'm sure. And so will the people that come visit you and live there. Understand. But that's just a savvying of the conscience. And what we start doing is, okay, if I, if I, if I, Am right in this area, or uh, in my helps me? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved with five different helps ministry departments, and I'm and you burn out. You burn out. Then what do you do? You go back to your ball and chain because you took that condemnation in there, and really you're trying to get it through good works. Now it's good to be involved with helps ministry, but that's where wisdom comes. But when people, you know, it, it, it's what they say, uh, the cart before the horse or whatever. Yeah, the horse for the cart. I don't know. Anyway, what they're saying is you got to be enlightened first. Start working on who you are in Christ. And, and let's stop trying to do everything to, uh, to do tricks before God so that we can get our redemptive privileges. Let's just work on what we know we are. Amen. And start saying that. And, 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 and Lord, I don't feel like it. How about this? You get up, it's like, oh my goodness, this is not a good day. <laughs> That's what you want to say. Yeah. But what do you say? It's going to be a good day. Everything's going to be all right. Going to be all right. Going to be all right. I see. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's go to uh, First John. First John. Chapter 3. Everything gonna be alright. And I usually start in verse 16. There's a reason for that because you just can't dissect the scripture without understanding the love walk. But let's, let's go on down to verse 18. Understand that we are, we are uh, children of a love God. And our faith works by love. 
So if we're out of love, then our bridge is out. In verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know, oh, there we go, that we are of the truth. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people are not assured. What does that say? And shall assure our hearts before him. Now, it starts out with knowledge, but assurance really is that enlightened knowledge. So you start out with the knowledge, you've got God's word, but as you meditate on that, you, you become confident. Yes. Would that be faith? Faith's understanding of the heart. Knowledge, understanding, or you could say revelation, or you could even say faith. Knowledge becomes faith and becomes wisdom. In other words, it's applied faith that brings you wisdom, the wisdom of God. I'm going to go real quick to Colossians. We'll come back. But let's read something here in Colossians chapter 2. In verse 2, that their hearts may be encouraged, Colossians 2, 2, being knit together in love, attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding. To all riches of the full assurance of understanding. Assurance is another word for faith. That's where I get faith's understanding of the heart. Okay, to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, they interchange those, but understand that once you start walking in knowledge, you get it in your heart, and it becomes enlightened, then it becomes understanding, which is faith's understanding of the heart. It's really, it's the same thing as, you're, it's like, I see. Yeah. I, I'm confident. I'm, I'm assured. I see it. I see it in my spirit. And, and that's an understanding. And really, that's an, it's an assurance. It's, it's a faith. And then it becomes wisdom as you apply it. It's the wisdom of God. God. And then it just, it's, it's a, just an ongoing thing. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, wisdom. And then it's a multifaceted thing that, that you're just constantly growing in knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Amen. So many times it's interchanged in the Bible, but understand, we had to start out with an assurance of understanding. All right, let's go back. So we were reading there in verse 19 of 1 John 3. Is this all right? And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us... see. If our heart condemns us, well, let's read it, then I'll say that. God is greater than our heart and knows all things. In other words, we need to know what God knows. I said, we need to know what God knows. Not just what we've been living out in our life, what we know. We need, it says right there, our heart is condemning us, and God's greater than our heart because he knows all things. We need to understand what he knows. I said, I need to know what you know. Verse 21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment. It's not jumping through hoops and, and doing all these natural things or uh, trying to be t spiritually good. The commandment is just simply believing on his son, believing on the name of the son. In other words, praying in the name of Jesus and just accepting with your faith and loving one another because faith works by love. Amen? Really, love is the will that turns every fruit of the spirit that's in our spirit. We need love to walk in peace. We need love to be kind and gentle. We need, we need love to endure. And if we're not walking in love, really the bridge is out and our faith's not going to work. Enlightenment will not work when we are going against our hearts. Amen. Trying to do it our way. Yeah. Yeah. Trying
trying to push our plans, trying to push everything else but the simplicity of what the word says that just says walk in love, be nice, don't control other people, be kind, be gentle. Don't put people down. Don't talk about people behind their backs. And all of us need to remember this because, you know, us valley girls grew up talking about people in school. Oh, my goodness. Did you see her? Look at those floodwater pants. Come on, girl. That's how we talked when we were kids. We had to learn. Mom and dad taught us. You don't talk about people that way. Or sometimes we got that from our parents, right? You don't talk about people. You know, I don't like flamingos on people's front yards, but that's their deal, okay? And sometimes we'll go by a yard and Jay's like, oh my goodness, really? I'm like, it's their flamingo and they like it. So we, we, <laughs> we need to be walking in love. And there are just things that we don't want to do because we want it our way. And then we, we go to church and it's like, the word's going to work for me and I'm, I'm getting these scriptures inside of me. And there is no light. Why? Because no love, no light. Say that after me. No love, no light. Amen. Yes, controlling other people is not walking in love. We need to teach our children. We need to empower them to make decisions without keeping our thumb on them constantly. But as their parent, we also are, are to discipline, tell them, correct them, these type of things. But we can overdo it, right? So I'm just saying, that will affect your light. That was for somebody. I'm just saying. You can just keep pushing your plan and wanting to control in areas and not let your children grow up. And it's going to affect your faith. Let your children grow up. Let them make choices and decisions. Put God's word in your home. emphasize the scriptures in your home, emphasize good and godly things in your home, but teach your children to make right decisions. Teach them who they are in Christ. If they bring things in the home and sin and that, yes, there are penalties for that. There's consequences for that, of course. And they may be grounded for a while. They may this or that. But there comes a time and a place where you've got to empower that children to make choices and decisions for themselves. And my friend, I can't, I can't make choices and decisions for everybody. Some, some time. We got to let people go and make decisions. Okay, that's the home. What about brothers and sisters? What about uncles? What about moms and dads? And, you know, I have a wonderful mom. But I don't try to tell her what to do. You understand? If I don't agree with something, we may talk about it. But, you know, the thing is... We've got to stop trying to push our faith off on other people and try to control them. And, and, and where am I getting with this? We get overloaded by trying to carry everybody else. Rather than working on who we are in Christ, putting the word of God inside of us, getting enlightened Many times we're trying to push everybody else's button, get them to do this, this, and this, and this. It's like, hey, yeah. hold on. Yeah. There's, there are time and place you're going to have to cut the cord yeah. and let other people make their own choices and decisions. If people make a choice and decision and their life ends up in detriment, I cannot always carry them. I've begged my family at times, don't do this or do that. Please, I know the outcome is probably going to not be real good. I beg. But at the same time, if they make a choice and decision, they go home early, 
Because I'm talking about heaven, if they go home early, I'm going to move on. I said, I'm going to move on. I, I've been at times where I've been under the pileup effect because, you know, I, I'm endeavoring to reach out, and, and as we should, to our family and, and to different ones. But it's, it's the ones that will stay close and the ones that will take God's word are the ones that I can work with. But if, you know, people that are out of state or people that, you know, sometimes on the phone, if they, if they will agree with you, I can get some things for them. But too many of us are trying to carry other people and they're not willing to go to church. They don't have a pastor. See, we're talking about, Pastor Debbie, you just changed your subject. I know because I, the Spirit of God started dealing with me and so I, I started going with it. Um, shame comes in our life because we don't feel like we're doing what we need to and we get overwhelmed and we start uh, rather than putting God's word in our heart of who we are in Christ and what we can do in Christ and then getting energized by that many times shame it it it, it will uh what's the word I'm looking for it, it will strip us of what you do have and if you're trying to carry everybody else, you're going to get stripped. Yeah. Yeah. And I get amazed because people will walk up to me and they'll tell me, okay, my son is dealing with this, my daughter's dealing with this. Okay, do they have a pastor? I'm not talking about somebody in your home. Do they have a pastor? Are they going to church? Be careful. Don't try to carry everybody. Pray for them. Talk to them. Will they listen? Well, not really. Okay then come back to church and work on yourself. Ask God for mercy for them. I'm forever asking God for mercy, not only for myself, yes, for myself every day, but for my family. And God has been merciful. And because <laughs> I've remembered, God knows our weaknesses. And he knows. So I'm like, Lord, I'm not going to ask for healing for them. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just ask that you would be merciful on them. And I will say this, if you'll let me ask for healing, I will. If you'll let me, sometimes he won't. Because he's expecting them to be in a place. They need a pastor. They need a church. And I can't carry everybody, but I can plead their case like Moses taught us. You know, I can plead their case. And I ask for mercy. And God is so merciful. Yeah, I know. I got off my subject there, but let's go back. Let's go back. So we were in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. We've got to walk in love. You know, just because a child turns 18 doesn't mean that they aren't supposed to be listened to their parents anymore. I mean, they need to be honorable to their parents forevermore. You understand. But they are supposed to leave and cleave. All right? So if you're keeping them home and they're not leaving and cleaving, there's issues going on there. All right? Okay, moving right along. That's Pastor Jay's department. He can meddle in that. Okay. Sometimes I get these things that come up in my heart and I'm like, Lord, that's for Pastor Jay. He can, de he can deal with that. You know, people have special things inside of them. And they can teach their children to honor that. But if they're teaching their children just about control, something's going to go away. Say, I'm trying to help you. And when we, and the thing is, when we, when many people in their departments or at their job, see, when they've been taught that way, they start to control others. And they're not walking in love. And we've got to allow people to make their own choices, their own decisions. You understand, if, if it's affecting us in the workplace or whatever, of course, you turn them in or whatever, you know. 
But uh, I'm just saying that that'll follow you someplace. And it's all the root is not walking in love. That's the root. Okay, move right along. That was all free. Okay, uh, so let's go back to therefore, since we have this ministry, what ministry? The ministry of righteousness that brings the glory. Remember, getting the knowledge inside of your heart, letting God's word shine on it, and then using that, applying that for whatever redemptive right and privilege you need at the time. Just let, let's make it real simple. We're, we're not, we don't have to be down the valley. Not, we don't have to be up in the mountain. We just are blessed. We're righteous. <laughs> That's who I am. Stop talking about, I've been through the valley. <laughs> you're righteous. Whether you're in the valley, whether you're on top of the mountain, whether you're driving a Ford or a Chevy, you're righteous. Okay? But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God. Some people need to know that because it's all about the, you know, all about the Ford. Anyway, Chevy's okay, all right? It's okay. All right. You're still righteous if you have one. You may need prayer. You might walk a lot, you know, but it is what it is. Okay, you're still righteous. I'm just pulling your chain. Okay, just trying to wake you up. Not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Uh, But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves together. Together. In every man's conscience in the sight of God. In other words, Lord, we want to see, we want to do things right. We want to be right. We, we want to affect other people around us. It's not just about us and our family, us four and no more. Everything we do, everything we say, let's, uh, let's have a good conscience about that. But we stand together as the body of Christ in our choices, in our decisions, we're helping one another. You know, when one person is kind of dealing with it and they're tired or whatever, well, there's always somebody else (laughs) that can save the day. (laughs) Amen. We need to be there for one another. We do. There are times when I I didn't feel like going in the office, but I, I had an appointment and it's like, you know what? I love them too much not to be there. Because I want to help people. Of course, I, I need to get rest and all that type of thing. I'm just saying, if you let your body, you know, it won't go anywhere. It won't help anybody. <laughs> help yourself, you know? Like I, I said, uh, yes, I'm going to say this. And I hope you laugh, okay? But uh, like I told the couples, you know, we, we had uh, marriage counseling. And, and we were getting to the part where you have the sex talk, you know, yes. I'm like, call Dr. Ruth, okay, because, (laughs) you know, and somebody said, who's Dr. Ruth? (laughs) Okay. Now, I don't, I don't even watch Dr. Ruth. It's just, okay, it's just an expression like, you know, call somebody else who cares, okay. Uh, Anyway, move right along. We have the sex talk and we help them and, you know, we we get through things, all right? But, you know, it's not like my favorite thing to do, okay? (laughs) Praise the Lord. This is really an interesting service. Isn't it? <laughs> Pastor Jay is like, I'm never going to leave again. <laughs> okay. I was just kidding about Dr. Ruth, okay? I just was kidding. It's, you got to know my personality, and I'm, you know, just having fun. You can't handle it, you know, get over yourself. <laughs> Just laugh. <laughs> laugh. Ah, ah, ah. Ah. Okay. Joy helps medicine go down some. Okay. Whatever I need to do to help people. It doesn't matter what my flesh wants to do. And I enjoy helping people. I really do. So I tell my flesh, you're going 
and you're going to ask God for wisdom and light and understanding, and you're going to be there. And you know what? It always, it's like when you leave, it's like, wow, that was a lot. I just enjoyed talking to that person. I just enjoyed being able to help them. I just enjoyed getting to know them a little better, you know, because Pastor Jay and I, we, we just enjoy people. We enjoy you. We love you. And I know you love me, okay? But our bodies, sometimes they just, they don't want to get up and go and, you know, and you start getting up to 50 and 60 and you're dealing with more perplexion, all right? Is that, is that a word? Perplexity. Is that it? Yeah, that's pretty good, wasn't it? Perplexity. <laughs> All right, move right along. <laughs> Knowledge. Get it in your heart. How do you get God's word in your heart? You just get scriptures along the line of your need. It's that simple. And if condemnation is keeping you from doing that, you're not assured, then what do you have to do? Just back up and say, Lord, if I missed it, I'm sorry. And now let's move on. Let's move on. Now, there are some consequences for sin, you understand, or missing it in areas or what have you. But God doesn't hold it against you. And you're forgiven in Christ. There may be some natural things you have to face if, if, if you've missed it or, you know, if, if you're late to work every day, you can go tell your boss you're sorry, but you may get fired. And I'm not saying that I'm necessarily blame him for doing that. I mean, you can just ask for mercy, but you would need to make a change, right? Right? So you can say that you're sorry for something and just keep going back and doing the same thing. As a Christian, you're still righteous but you're not going to be able to walk out God's plan like you need to. Because there are consequences to your actions. And you, you think that God's going to put you in a place that you're not prepared and then affect other people's lives. You understand? And some people, they want, us, they want to be on the worship team and you know, they want to be in certain departments. They, they want to be the pastor. But... We can't always put you in that place. First of all, we're going to be led by the Spirit, but we can't always put you in that place. Why? Because you're not walking in enough light. And we have to protect the sheep. You understand? So there are consequences to things. So just be, But that doesn't mean that we don't love you, and that doesn't mean you're not righteous. It just means that you, the righteousness needs to come from the inside out. It's there, but it needs to come out. And how do you do that? Get the word in you and speak it out of your mouth. And act on it. Walk in love. Be faithful to your department. Be timely. You know, all, all of these things. We, we all have to look at our lives. And there, I'm not here to, you know, give you a list of 100 things that uh, you necessarily need to do. But we do have rules in our departments and, and what have you. And there's reasons for that. And if you, will, if, if you will be a good steward of those things, then you'll have consequences of, you'll have certain rewards. You'll, you'll be promoted. Now, just because you, you know, dot every I and cross every T doesn't mean you're using faith, though. So don't let it all be works. Put faith with it. You understand? All right. Amen. Well, even if our gospel is veiled, let's go to verse 3, and then we're going to wrap up here. Even if our gospel is veiled, verse 3, chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So how do we pray for individuals that don't know Christ. We basically come against the blinders on their eyes and we release light to go to them. 
Father, in Jesus' name, I take authority over that darkness, those blinders over their eyes, their spiritual eyes. In Jesus' name, I just release light to go to them. Now, that's light that's coming from the outside because there's not a light on the inside of somebody that doesn't know Christ. But if they will, if they see and they'll take hold of that and it gets on the inside and then they will grow as a Christian, then they can, they can spiritually grow up just like we can. Amen? But why don't you stand up? But what happens to the individual that gets saved but they're still not walking in knowledge in different areas. Can you just continue to carry them? I've tried to teach people in pastoral care, and Ann knows this, that we can help people if they'll help themselves. If they'll come to church. You know, we get people that call on the phone, they want us to come minister to them, what have you. But... You're not submitting yourself here to this local church, to these pastors that you want us to come minister to you. I don't even know you. I need to get to know you. I need to know how I can help you. I, I need to have the wisdom of God. And if you're not coming and submitting yourself here, how do I get to know you? That's why I like to sit down and talk to people. Just get to know, see where they are. You understand? And I, we were taught by Dad Hagen uh, at Kenneth Hagen Ministries there as divine healing technicians. Get to know people where they are. Don't just slap a prayer on them and don't just, well, you need to walk in healing and health. No, get to know where they are. Get to know where they can hook up with you. If they come to you and they're saying, I, I need to have surgery, you think I ought to do that? I say, oh, okay, hold off here. Let's, let's pray and let's ask for the wisdom of God. What do you have a peace in your heart about? Well, I have a peace in my heart about doing this. Okay, then I'm going to agree with you that the doctors have wisdom. And at the same time, I'm going to ask God for his mercy in ministering to your body. Amen. It's not a hit and miss. I'm not doing that. It's just that I'm asking God to minister to their body. There may be some things that hold off healing and health. And, see, and I don't really know them that well. So I'll ask God for mercy. And many times I see him ministering to that person. In other words, I've seen him healed right in front of my eyes or, you know, in a period of weeks. But then other times I didn't see anything. Why? Well, that's between them and God. And as their pastor, I'm going to get to know them better, and then I'm going to be able to kind of pinpoint that thing. But do you understand that is a process? Now, if we try to carry everybody that we don't know, or we're not around them, well, they're a family member. I understand, but there are a lot of things I don't know about my family members. And they're not, they're not submitting themselves to me. So what is this about? It's about you... Walking out your righteousness, being led by the Spirit, and, 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 but don't get yourself drained trying to reach out to everybody else and your family does without. You understand? Because you get, many times we have young children or what have you. Pastor Jay and I cannot get ourselves spread thin with individuals that refuse to come to church all the time. We, we've, got, we've got to work with the ones that will come. We've got to work with the ones that their heart's desire is we, you know, and if somebody, uh, well, I don't want to be a member of a church. Okay, that's, you know, just keep coming. But there's going to be a time and a place where you're going to have to make a choice and decision whether you're not, whether you're just going to jump in and be a part of this family or not. Because otherwise you're holding yourself off and I don't really know you. Yeah. And it affects my ability to be able to minister to you yeah. and help you. You mean not becoming a member of the church? No, it's not about not becoming a member of the church. See, we want people to keep coming and, and growing. So I don't want to run people off that are not members of the church. I just want to get to know you. And I can't do that if you just keep holding off. Eventually, if God's told you to be here, light, light. <laughs> 
light. If he's told you to be here, just be assured and just jump in. Are we going to be perfect? Probably not. But you're not, so we'll just grow together. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for light. We thank you for, for understanding. We thank you, Lord, for helping us in our faith. I believe every person in this room has a desire to grow. But there are things in all of our lives that are holding us back in areas. So I pray for, for light and understanding to let go of the barriers, let go of the shame, let go of the, I can't do this. Let go of, I can't buy this. I, 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 I'm not that person like they are comparing ourselves to other people. Lord, I'm asking that you would give us light, each one of us individually in areas that we are limiting ourselves from knowledge, light, and growing in wisdom. Because we love every person in this room so much, and you love them so much that you gave your son to die on the cross for them, to walk out their righteousness. So we pray for light. We pray, Lord, that they would look at this and, and remember this service and God loves me. They loved me enough to try to draw good things out of me. We ask for light, Father, in Jesus' name. We love you. You can look at me. We love you. And we want to draw things out of you. So let the word get inside of you. But I can't do it for you. Just like you can't do it for everybody else. I, I'm, I know I'm, I'm touching several different things. I hope this isn't too scatterbarreled for you. Because I'm dealing with different things here. Because I want to help everybody, but I can't help everybody. Now, that's not a doubt and unbelief statement. It's just that there are limiters on everybody's life. And I'm not always the one that can help them. But I will pray for mercy, and I will pray that God will send people across their path. Let's, let's find out the scriptural things that we can pray for people. How to get them saved? Well, we just take authority over the blinders over their eyes. How to, you know, how do we get people to, to grow up spiritually? Ephesians, prayers. But again, I can't do it for them. I can pray for light and understand it. Wisdom. I can pray that God would strengthen people by the Holy Ghost in their inner man, and I do all the time for this congregation and for our ministry partners, and of course, Pastor Nancy, and the president, and everybody, you know. Of course. But I can't do it. People have to choose light. They have to choose to do the right thing. Are the people that you are reaching out to givers or takers? Do they have a pastor? See, these are all questions you have to ask. Do they have a pastor? Do they submit themselves to anybody? Do they have a local church? We need you to focus. We got a lot of people around here that need you, that need your help, that need your prayers. I'm going to ask you not to forsake your family, but at the same time, don't overdo it so much that you can't minister to the people around here. We're your family too. And I promise you that I will not overdo it by constantly being out there trying to save the world and forget about you. Okay, I've got that commitment to you. You understand? You understand? We need you. But at the same time, there are people that are going through things and sometimes with family members or what have you or through the pileup effect. And, and Leanne, I want you to come up here, you and Matt, because you've been dealing with this. And, I, and I'm saying that, see, they're in a time of prayer what they can do because sometimes the enemy, he just tries to come against family and we're like, Lord, we just ask for mercy. Amen. We ask for mercy. And, and we love our family, 
that are going through, you know, because they got family members going through things. So I'm not saying you don't minister to your family. But at the same time, there's a time and place where it's like, Lord, I just got to give them to you. Because I, you know, there's only so much I can do. You know that too, yes, don't you? Yes, ma'am. Thank yes, you, Father, for refreshing. Thank you for refreshing. Thank you for refreshing. See, sometimes it's just refreshing that we need. Sometimes it's just taking somebody's hand and and if they, you know, I've been going through a lot of things lately and just saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. What, what can, can, can I agree with you on something? But I'm telling you, if somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor, so-and-so, see, the, the young man the other day that had the motorcycle accident, we were able to get some things for, for him. And yes. Pastor had that in his spirit. We were led by the Spirit. And you can do that. But you got to take each one. Yes. you got to take each one and just see what God says. And if I don't have it there then I can't press past that. I got to, okay, next. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. And we, we can't let that inside of us because there are things, sometimes there are things we're believing for. Yeah. Yes. And if we're trying to use our faith for everybody else, then, and, and let, me, let me tell you something. The things that you've been dealing with, you've come out of everything, everything. And, and this is no different. No different. So it doesn't matter what kind of procedure. If you have a piece about that, just do it. But it doesn't make you any less righteous. And you're getting through this. But I will say this. I I will warn you, don't let the enemy get you bogged down with so many family around you that it's not your harvest. You understand what I mean? Amen. Amen. We love you. You're getting through this. You're getting through this. You're getting through this. You're getting through this. this. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I I want the team to come up and uh, let's sing Amazing Love. Amazing Love. Amen. Thank you for your patience. I, we went just a little bit over, I guess. Thank you. Praise the Lord. You just stand around and talk anyway. Hallelujah. Thank you. Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive of our church members that went to, and I'm being vague for a reason, that went to go minister to a family member primarily to make sure that family member was saved, that they had given their life to Christ because uh, they're in hospice and, and they're getting ready to go on to glory. 
So they took the trip to make sure and just, you know, to have closure, but to minister to. And you might say, well, bless God, they just need to get there and raise them up from the dead. That's not what they had in their heart. And that's not what they were able to do. So if we take that perspective with everybody else, you can do that for you and your family. See, that's the knowledge, the light, the wisdom that we have for you. But if we try to do it for everybody else, we can ask for mercy. We can pray the Ephesians prayers. We can, you know, God, what can I do? But sometimes it's take a flight and say goodbye. Make sure they're right with God. And that's love. That's love. And God will honor that. And if you'll ask him, help me to minister to the family when I'm there. You know, there's things you can do. There's things that you can get. So, But anyway, God has been so merciful. He, I know we've had so many testimonies of people raised up in our families and this and that. I guess in my heart, I've, I've talked to people on the phone that have had uh, family members that, you know, they just, I mean, in my own family. In my my own family, just heart attacks and different things, you know, and, and it's just like I'm not mad at God. I don't understand everything between that's between that person and God. And if if I would have known and they didn't die suddenly, I could have done something, you know, maybe, but I guess I couldn't. So, what do you do? You remember them, and you move on. And in this day and age, Pastor Jay and I are seeing some things. We're talking to people. And if we are going to try to care everybody else, see, everybody's got to make decisions and choices. Let's pray for our families. And there's things, sometimes I've pled with certain ones. It's like, please don't do that. Please don't get that procedure, please. And they did it. It's out of my hands. But I still pray for mercy. I love them. And I'm like, here, take this supplement. <laughs> you know, I'm doing everything I can just to get natural help. And sometimes they don't want that. It's like, okay, that's all right. And maybe that supplement wouldn't help them. I mean, it helped me. Maybe everybody's got to be led. You understand? So what am I saying? I'm saying take care of you and your family first. Put the oxygen mask on yourself First, just like you have to do in that flight, they tell you, you know, put it on you, then help your child and all this. And make sure that you understand who you are in Christ. Get the condemnation out, the shame and all that. Let's walk in love with people. And because we're doing that, then we can see how we can help others. And we can pray for people. There's scriptural things we can do and plead the case. And Pastor Jay and I are doing that daily. All of you are. We, we know too. Amen. So let's do that. Amen.